The views expressed in this podcast are solely those of the individuals and do not necessarily reflect the views of Elk Grove High School or District 214. Welcome to School Chat, getting to the purpose of schools and making meaningful changes to the lives of learners. I'm your host, Mark Hyde. Um, specifically at Buffalo Grove. Uh, thank you for sitting down with me, Kate. Thanks for having me. So what do you love about schools? Oh my gosh, well I have been um, an educator since 1990 and I think um, what I'm amazed at is uh, the continuing conversation I'm having about school and education, whether it's with teachers or students. Um, I think that uh, kind of always being in the middle of thinking about our learning and how we learn and what excites us, that is the, that's my passion that's driven me as an educator all these years. So what does excite you about? About teaching and learning? I suppose um, I've come to really think of um, the learning process as problem solving. And so I love the idea that you can create a set of circumstances in your room where you can literally just, well, not literally, right? But you can almost see the light bulb go on for kids, right? And that moment where you have those ahas, I think I just, I live for that moment as an educator. So where have you seen that happen the most and the easiest? Um, For many years, I taught a course at Buffalo Grove called Humanities. Um, it has a real visual arts focus. I developed it with my husband, who's an awesome teacher um, at Hersey. And um, what I loved about that was when we would put a painting from the Enlightenment period in front of students, um, take this painting, it's called The Oath of the Harati. And it's um, a painting where you need a lot of historical context to really understand. You're a history teacher, you probably know this painting. and to find ways to get kids to dialogue with that painting and discover for themselves what the main argument of that painting is, those moments when the kids, you can literally hear them say, oh, right? I think that sense of community that can be achieved when everyone's so engaged in figuring something out, that's kind of a dream scenario for me as a teacher. So how have you seen that kind of evolve over the last few years? You know, you say you had these conversations and they're continuing and these light bulb moments and student choice and learning for themselves. Like, how have you seen that conversation shift towards that? That's such a great question. Um, So right now I'm the teaching and learning facilitator at Buffalo Grove, which means I do a lot of instructional coaching and working with staff. Um, And... I think one of the things that's really changed and is changing about education in the best way is A, what you said, thinking about student choice and how that becomes a factor in engaging students, but also this notion of feedback and how important it is to um, gather feedback as a teacher while you're teaching, right? And I think we've talked about this, that just like the students should be learning all period, the teacher too should be learning all period about the students and, and what they're understanding and what they're thinking. And that shift in understanding how we can 
use feedback to then grow ourselves as teachers um, is really exciting for me. And I think that that I, I'm hearing that happening a lot in classrooms. You know, you're almost describing a partnership yes. as opposed to, you know, the authority at the top of the room. Right. You know, and saying, well, this will be on the test on Friday. Right. You know, you're, you're describing a very utopian view of schools no, and I love that because it is it's it's hard to kind of get away from that shift yes. you know from the original traditional thinking that most people have from their own school experiences right. or what's portrayed in movies and tv right um no I love that um you know so where have you uh kind of evolved and hope that it kind of continues to go to well a big focus for um, for me, for the last three years, has been on um, supporting teachers in integrating literacy practice into um, their classrooms. And um, I've really become interested in this idea of disciplinary literacy. And that is thinking about how people read, write, speak, listen, problem solve in their own subject areas. So not literacy, just in the sense of learning how to read. Right. Because I think what we know now is that um, while you know, there's a set of things that we do as readers no matter what we're reading, right? But we also know that the way that a scientist reads or writes is maybe different from how an engineer would read a blueprint, for instance. And so I've been really excited about this idea of helping teachers use their own metacognition to develop a sense of how they read and write and speak and listen in their discipline and how they can then model that for students. And I think it's when you learn how to do that, you're um, building the skill set in your kids that allows them to move you know, from different settings and be successful in different settings. So I've heard you did a really cool activity to get teachers to kind of see this because I think you know you describe this and I think most of us would say, oh, sure, I do that. Um, but how, how do you get teachers to kind of explore that for themselves? Um, well, one of the things that I've done, um, and I did this at our Institute Day, but I've done it at some other PD sessions, is to really get teachers to identify with students and feeling what it feels like to be in front of a text that is daunting to you and out of your comfort zone. So, for instance... Um, I ran a session where we had several stations, and at each station were various texts um, from various disciplines. So for instance, there was sheet music, there were football plays, there was a stats problem, there was a menu in French, right? And these, Very cool. <laughs> right, right, exactly. Things that maybe we don't think of as texts, but if, if when I look at a set of football plays, I may as well be looking at Mandarin, right? Because I am like, you know, a four foot, 10, 90 pound weakling, and I have like very little sports um, prowess. So, what we did is I had teachers go around and rank each text um, one to 10. How comfortable do you feel with it? And then why? And what's a question you have? And then what we had teachers do was stand by that text that they were least comfortable with and then try to ask questions around it. What was amazing is actually doing that, having them start with their confusion about the text, they began to naturally problem solve their way through that text. They didn't arrive at like 
um, really deep understandings, but they were able to figure out some things just using structural cues, for instance, about the French menu. Um, or looking at abbreviations on the football plays and thinking about what that could mean. And what the takeaway was for so many, when we, of course we reflect afterwards, you know, why do we do this? People were saying, well, now I, I, I really empathize for kids who are in my class and then shut down in the face of a particularly rigorous text, right, as so many of our kids do. It's a natural human instinct. Because they were saying, I myself shut down the second I went by that sheet music. And so it's powerful to be in a position where we feel how our students feel. What a culture. I mean, that's incredible that you're able to get teachers to open up. And hopefully that empathy extends to their own students. Um, I'm speechless (laughs) (laughs) to what that could be. yeah, I really appreciate you sitting down with me, and I hope that you know people continue to reach out and use your expertise and get to connect with you and explore what you're doing. Thank you so much, and the work you're doing here is so inspiring, and I'm so eager to keep this conversation going. Yeah, me too. Thanks, Kate. Okay, you're welcome. This has been a production of the Elk Grove Collab Lab, building a community of learning at Elk Grove High School and beyond. This episode was produced by me, Mark Heinz, and a special thanks to Kate Glass, who drove over to EG to record this episode. Please follow us on Twitter and Instagram. Subscribe at iTunes or your favorite podcast service. If you've been enjoying our podcast, tell your friends, and please give us a review on iTunes. This will help us reach more listeners. The Elk Grove Collab Lab can be found at egcollablab.org. Thanks for listening.